and welcome to episode four of Wise Choice, an official Wise Music Group podcast. We're your hosts, I'm Adam. And I'm Paula, and we are the Daydream Club, your digital crate diggers rummaging around for awesome tunes and stories. <laughs> so as, uh, you, you might be able to hear that uh, we're suffering with oh, some colds right now. You're Paula, outing us. Paula seems to have, I feel like we can't hide it, to be honest. <laughs> I just want to put it out there. Paula has had a cold for what seems like forever. Two it's two weeks. And I fought her off it's a for, for weeks. And she's just finally beat me down just in time to record a podcast. Yeah, and so a bit... Every word feels like daggers, but I'm, I'm still here. I'm here for you guys. You've got the daggers and I just sound like I'm underwater. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Um, so there's that. But anyway, we're going <laughs> to blow those cobwebs away with an awesome episode. Um, and it kind of all jumps off with... It was Northern Soul, basically, yeah. that we were digging around for. Um, a, a suggestion had been made for The In Crowd by Dobie Gray. And as soon as I realised that was there, I was like, oh, wow, I know that song. That is amazing. It's so good. Um, for me as well, you know, Northern Soul has been there my whole life, really. Yeah, you, you grew up with it. Your dad was all in the Northern Soul scene, wasn't he? That's it. Yeah, I was basically raised on no, Motown and Northern Soul, Um and if you're not familiar with Northern Soul, I don't know. I always say it as if everyone should just know, but maybe know, if you're not from the UK, but you I was going to say, because I'm from the UK, I'm from the North part, but I didn't really know Northern Soul until I met you. Um, so I, I wouldn't just assume that everyone <laughs> like right. is aware of sort of the Northern Soul scene and the tracks and things. Okay. Made it. So Northern Soul, it was like a, a youth counterculture centered around dance and fashion and basically, the the young kids trying to evade popular culture of the time yeah. by not wanting to listen to pop. Yeah, the obvious. So they were looking ones. for the less obvious stuff. So soul, I think, was popular. Yeah. But they were hunting around for the rare, the rare grooves, the slightly B-sides. faster, and uh, just you know, they needed to be alternative to what was pop. I guess the equivalent would be maybe the underground rave scene of the nineties. You know, yeah. that was a very particular look with the big tr- trousers and the fluorescent patches everywhere yeah. and, and a particular kind of dance moves. Yeah. It's so a scene. A, yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. And with, with Northern Soul, you know, you had you had the Lambrettas with all the mirrors on and uh, a certain type of music. Very difficult type of dance. I've tried to copy my dad <laughs> so many times at weddings. It's spaghetti legs. It's That's the only way I can legs, describe yeah. it. When I've seen Adam's dad, dad Adam's dad, dancing it's like you've got jelly legs yeah i mean and it's, it, but it but it is it's so stylistic and i studied dance i trained in dance and yeah i can't like i can't quite put my finger on well i can i can see it but it's really hard to replicate but if you've if you've done like proper dance technique it is such a non-proper dance technique i think it's I almost like know. the bob fossey of no but fossey's like so like replicable you can do it the northern soul one is really alien to me but but also again, awesome but like, Fosse I really was love it and I'm drawn going to it. against natural movement wasn't yeah, it yeah yeah and I feel like I was gonna say I feel this is against he, natural w- he movement. was going against ballet so everything that was turned out he wouldn't turn it all in and yeah. this is I suppose yeah maybe so I, I mean I, I'm Some just sort of putting a... it out I've not read it anywhere that that's <laughs> anyway yeah I can see why my dad has now got hip and knee problems from doing all that I was gonna say on all-nighters as well yeah, he's had a hip replacement, hasn't he now? Yeah. <laughs> One down. <laughs> it's not stopped him, though. Um, but anyway, so so the Northern Soul then 
so they, there's, you know, Motown is going on and there's lots of soul. It's all quite popular at this point in time. Um, and lots of American artists are recording great tracks, but some of them were aiming for like the Motown sound, but it was maybe a little bit faster or just recorded by a smaller company that mm. couldn't get it out there as widely as the Motown. Money machine. Or, exactly. And so then they kind of become these rare tracks that maybe in America go unnoticed. But then English DJs of the time were starting to come across these rare 45s mm. and bringing them back to the UK. And it was that, that they were then playing these tracks that no one else had heard in, in clubs around the country and creating a scene. Mm. And it was all about the next find. Mm. And, and, it, and each track would probably have a bit of a dance move, like a, spin, a certain spin or drop at a certain point that everyone would do. Oh, that's fun. That's quite fun. Um, it's cool. I'm always jealous that I, I wasn't able to be a you part of the scene. You weren't born in that era. I've, I've always late. bought into it. I love it. <laughs> I love the music. I love the color, like the, the style. I like it all. Um, so I think that would have been a cool scene to have been in. Yeah, to have experienced like firsthand. Yeah, definitely. Mm. But I can still enjoy the music. Um, and so this this track, Don't Be Great, I think the in crowd is on the edge of, it's not an obvious classic Northern Soul track. It's a little bit slower, maybe a bit more commercial. I mean, it um, it reached number 13 in the chart, so it's positively Popular. pop, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So it goes against the grain of that counterculture thing. But I think that happened with Northern Soul, didn't it? Because I remember watching a documentary about some things that where they hadn't sort of peaked in America, but with the British Northern Soul scene they'd sort of ended up charting in England. Yeah, but that's like m many years later yeah, from yeah. when it was first recorded. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was oh, like a resurgence, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is popular one. This is popular, and but Dobie Gray was more famous for a track called Out on the Floor. If you think about those two titles as well, yeah. they were made for Northern Soul. The in crowd, which yeah. it's all about having the right look, the right dance moves you know, and the right tunes. And then out on the floor, the right it's all about well. dancing and all-nighters dancing, you know. Yeah. So really just nailed it from the titles alone. And, and out on the floor was like an absolute Northern Soul classic. Um, yeah, I think it's voted number two in the Northern Soul Top 500 list by Kev Roberts from Wigan Casino. He was a DJ of the scene. Oh, I, I'd found good. that as a bit of digging around. I thought that was kind of cool. But anyway, we're going we're gonna to play the in-crowd um and it is just, it's a great soul track, bordering, leading us into a little bit more northern soul. That's fun. Cool. So this Let's is The In Crowd by Dobie Gray. <laughs> Cry. 
Oh, yeah. Yes. It's going to be a good show, isn't it? I was going to say, it's a good intro to what today is going to be, what this episode is all about. Really sets the tone. That's great. So that was released in 1965. And then pretty much hot on the heels, Mm. uh, the Ramsey Lewis trio released a cover in 1965 as well of the in crowd and i think we've uh, mentioned we've spoken about ramsey lewis in like episode one when we were talking about mini ripperton because they all cross paths and work together um it's quite a scene i think at the time yeah cool uh, scene very cool scene great collection of uh, awesome musicians um so that's very much like a jazz uh piano yeah, well, I guess that's... So Ramsey Lewis is a jazz pianist. It's yeah. always heavily formed well, around that's going to be him. like your feature, like melody part of it, isn't it? Yeah, it's very cool. I really like the vibe of this this version. So we've got a little snippet of it here. A um, little teaser. Yeah, get get you wanting more. And um, if you wanted, if you've not checked out episode one... Uh, then you that, should. Yeah. <laughs> get back there to the start and then gradually work your way back to us here. That's it. <laughs> so this is the Ramley Lu- Ramley Lu- the Ramsey Lewis trio <laughs> with the in crowd. I love what? I love how you can have the same composition and it can sound so un- so unique like so unique. I'm fine. So, I'm I'm fine. Fine. so unique <laughs> yeah, so what are you pointing it out and I see you I'm making a nice really point hard. through all the bunginess I'm trying to open <laughs> the airways uh, um, it's a cool version isn't it, it? It's, it's got such a vibe it is the epitome of cool I think I imagine yeah. like a, a whiskey glass on the piano and oh yeah, the smokiness Smoke in the air, yeah. and a room full of people like hollering and yeah, yeah. It's very cool. I can I can just picture. Well, I this feel thing. like that was just what what's what was recorded. That was it, yeah. yeah, that was <laughs> the recording just, of that room. It was recorded <laughs> that way. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of uh, like Herbie Hancock's uh, Cantaloupe Island. Well, that that kind of laid back, bluesy, yeah. jazzy, but never too far into the the jazz that in a way that everyone can maybe it's enjoy accessible. It. Yeah. It's accessible jazz, I but it's still like cool. really virtuoso sweet yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) um so we've got another little snippet of another version of the in crowd and this one's by the mamas and papas released in 1966 Uh, so again hot on the heels you got some little uh, factoids about mamas and papas aren't you You were just looking up whoa have i i don't know (laughs) um yeah i suppose that I didn't know that they were made of two separate folk groups. I didn't know. A folk group and a folk rock group, which the Mugwumps was the name of one of them. And I just love that. That stuck in my head just because it's so random to me. The Mugwumps. I'm going to have to look it up. I think I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that was Mama Cass. Uh, So Mamas and Papas was like a a, a super group of two 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 different folk groups coming together. A folk group and a folk rock group. Yeah. And they ended up creating soul pop. Yeah, exactly. Pretty cool. I wonder how they felt about that or whether they were... I think I think I think one of the, some of them were quite opposed to. I think John wanted to stay like quite folk, but uh, the rest of them were just like, "Nah, let's go pop." Uh-huh. Um, and I also read that Mama Cass was nearly not in the band, which is uh, mad to me. I uh, know oh, well, because because on this recording as well, yeah, like it's awesome. her voice is just, and it's a really different version. Uh, we'll play it and then we'll we'll get 
excited about it. Yeah, they're really in the pocket (laughs) with this one. So this is the Mamas and Papas version from 1966. Sing it, Mama Cass. Sing it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's such a different version again then. So like, the pace is so much slower and the, the vocal performance is like, oh. Yeah, just really digging in. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I like it. Nice. Uh, did you notice the panning? Oh, yeah, we did want to talk about that. Yeah, that's there's some heavy panning going on there. And if you're listening with headphones on, they've got uh, Mama Cass right Far over left. on the left, yeah. hard left. Uh, the bass, I think, is hard right. And backing vocals on the right. Yeah, I mean... There was an, a bit of a time around then, actually, where the, you know people were experimenting with hard panning. I think because mm. stereo had not long been like publicly. I think it was widely like used. Com- yeah, for for regular people, like yeah. late fifties, late fifties. Yeah, um, um, I mean, I know the the Beatles did a lot of experimentation with hard panning as well. Yeah. It's interesting because, like, one of the things that you're technically supposed to do i mean you should never you should know the rules but always then break them that's if it you know can. the rules so you can break them that's um, your famous you love that one <laughs> something that is you know like something you do with production is to keep like the bass and drums centered in the mm. middle so it's anchored mm. and then you push the upper um frequencies out so it feels wide but with this they're not doing that and i still think it's cool i was gonna say it works it's just just goes to show you that no one really knows what they're doing. It's you all experimentation, experiment, yeah. And if you like it, how it feels, go with it. That's it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, so, moving on, I uh, found really, really cool, quite like a rare groove, I think. Um, uh, so, the next track is uh, Let's Wade in the Water by Marlena Shaw, uh, released in 1966. And um, you probably would know her more for the track California Soul. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she sang that. Um, oh, but. A- this is a, much more a, of a rare find. Tune. Okay, I know. I know. Wade in the water. Like I, I think I, I did that as one of my A level vocal performances. Well, I mean, yeah, you always used to sound check with it oh, as yeah, well, I love it. So, and it sounds so good. All the the bluesiness to it, it's awesome. Yeah. But the the lyrics are actually first published in 1901. Whoa. I know that's mad. And uh, so I've got a factoid here. Go on. Fun According fact. to Wikipedia, it says that. According to PBS NewsHour, <laughs> source within a source, all I'm trying to tell you here is that this is not coming from me. I, I couldn't say one way or the other. But so it says, while it has not been proven, it is believed that Wade in the Water was one of the songs associated with the Underground Railroad, a network of secret routes and safe houses used by slaves in the US to find freedom. Oh, wow. It's also believed that Harriet Tubman used to sing it to warn slaves to get off the trail and into the water. <sighs> Oh. Like I say, I can't confirm if that's true, but I, I kind of see that that could make sense and it feels you, like a song of that time. That's it. If I you could, take away like, the music. I, I could get into that being a little bit of a history, yeah. a bit of an insight into it. Uh, whether or not it's true, don't know. But and then yeah, again, that's it adds a whole other level of gravity yeah. to it. Um, yeah. I mean, I always loved that song anyway. I'm, I'm, yeah. It's got power just behind it, just in the melody alone, isn't it? One of those songs that really 
it, yeah, you can feel it. Yeah. Now, this is a cool version as well. It's kind so, of going back to that reggae thing, though, of taking lyrics with maybe a, 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 you know, with gravity, with heaviness behind it, and then putting it to like an upbeat thing. Mm. So you don't necessarily realize you're digesting, you know, this message. Deep message, mm. yeah. Um, also, Ramsey Lewis also did a version of this track in 1966. Again, like straight hot off the heels of the track, he was there. I was going to say, this is 66, one month later. Yeah, probably. Something like that. Straight out with it. That's amazing. nice. But also, like, great taste. Oh, great yeah, taste, yeah. Ramsey Lewis. Like, nice, nice choices. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so this is uh, Let's Wade in the Water by Marlena Shaw. Oh 
I wonder if we've got anyone dancing around their kitchens right now. I was just thinking little, that. Little bum wiggle dance in the seat as they drive to work or back from work. Yeah, because that's... that's I, I know that song, but that's such a different version of it because obviously the lyrics are changed from like your more gospel versions of it. The more traditional, yeah. what it might have been in 1901. I do wonder, yeah, because I, I, I have a, a different version in my head of how the lyrics go and it has, that one does seem slightly altered. Yeah, the lyrics are totally different on that from the one... But this one is actually called Let's Wade in the Water as so well. It's, so it's, it's nice. It's, it's like a... And is it the tempo then that makes it that northern soul... I guess so. And just the type of instrumentation and, and just depending on what DJ happened to find it and made it into yeah. like a classic floor filler. Yeah, very yeah. cool. It's a, there's a lot of look factors, I think, involved in how it would become to be part of the Northern Soul and scene. I'm guessing the reception and things of it as well. Yeah, like, see if it did works Did it get people dance dancing? That's yeah. it, yeah. Very um, cool. So the next one we found is called Backfield in Motion by Mel and Tim. Um, released in 1969 and there's quite a cool story around this one actually I think this was maybe one of the more commercial ones again in the list yeah. still quite rare I think but but it's more commercial it, it uh, reached it had immediate success reaching number three on the billboards R&B chart and number 10 on the pop chart so wow. yeah, it massive. did well it's yeah. positively pop again it is, isn't it, it? Is. So, um, but it's a good track so I'm, I'm sure people didn't care too much it's a, it's a good one um, so Mel and Tim are cousins mm. and Yolanda Hardin, which is Mel's mum, kind of helped manage them and all of their cousins. Um, so Tim is, um, hang on, I'm getting all confused with relations here. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a family affair, isn't it? I know, it? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting confused. Yolanda is Mel's mum, Tim's auntie and their cousins, Walita, Katha, Donnie and Darius all helped with writing the songs and publicity. Oh, that's so it's a full-on family affair. Uh, Yolanda was like a former singer herself, and she signed Mel and Tim to a record con- contract um, with her own record label, Bamboo Records. A woman after my own heart. <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> like they recorded it. their own song, Backfield in Motion. So the whole thing's just this whole family... Business, so cool. Enterprise, it's brilliant. Yeah, and then Respect. to get it to be in the charts and stuff as well. It's That's awesome. That is, yeah, that is boss. That's really cool. Um, that makes me like it even more now. I like this track anyway. It, it sold over one million copies and was awarded a gold Ooh. disc. Oh yeah, how cool is that? That's really cool. Um, so when I was looking into it, I've always liked the track, but I've never really thought about what they're singing about or what backfield in motion means. it sounds to me like because because obviously the track starts with like sporty sounds so i'm uh, guessing crowds, it's, yeah. yeah i'm guessing it's a sport but i'm not the most sporty person <laughs> i'm a musician and dancer. i don't do i don't i'm not like i'm not into my is it american sport well, well? yeah you're out of your field Go as well oh, so I did that, yeah. oh um, my gosh that was such a dark i didn't joke. know either I, really I, had to, I had to look it up <laughs> and so i think it's it's american football imagery okay um Backfield. backfield is the behind is behind the line of scrimmage where the offensive team lines up okay and they're in motion I, just so the offensive team is in motion is what he's kind of saying i'm on the offensive oh, i think okay i guess i was just <laughs> bopping along yeah, <laughs> yeah. well i think that's the thing that, like all these cool. all these english kids dancing in northern soul club having no idea probably what didn't the... really think about they have no clue what backfield is or you know but it doesn't matter yeah it's it really just a cool, cool track 
Um, but that makes so much sense, doesn't it? Like it has more meaning than if you're American and you actually understood what, what it was. All yeah, about. maybe. I wonder if it probably got played in. If it's probably quite good publicity. Like you might get played in American football grounds. Stuff. I don't know. Maybe that was part of its success. I didn't find anything about that, so I don't know. It's quite hard to get information on these tracks because they're rare, you know, a bit more rare. Um, Commercial but rare. That's so it's such so a weird, isn't it? Con- a strange, yeah, contrast. I know one breath I'm saying it's rare, but then the next minute I'm like, well, it's number three in Billboard charts, number ten in the pop chart. It mm. just doesn't commute, com- compute. But yeah. that's what it is. It was kind of rare. Yeah. Anyway, it was I, was, a so scene. I, was, I was digging around on some soul slash northern soul forums. And according to the good folks on there, it was a regular at the Twisted Wheel. In oh, Manchester. the Twisted Wheel was big. I've heard your dad going about the That's Twisted it, Wheel. I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, circa 1969, 1970, it was used as a slower track towards the 3 slash 4 a.m. mark. So that's, a, that's a slower track? That's a slower track. What's and the, they're still going what's the at BPM? 3 or 4 a.m. I don't know. I'm going to have to look I'll, into I'll that. I'm just checking my brain. <laughs> Not a machine. Come on, where's your internal <laughs> metronome? <laughs> but it is a little bit more in the pocket. It's got that little shuffle. Yeah, yeah maybe. So. Have we played it yet? So what, three or four? I haven't played it yet. Okay, well, we... <laughs> <laughs> let's play it. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. And then we'll check the BPM. Yeah, okay. <laughs> See so, what slow, I'm doing my air quotes. Slow 4am wind down track yeah, 4 is. 4am wind yeah. down. So this is yeah. Backfield in Motion, Mel and Tim. Yeah. 
so cool. So we're going to have the look up, kid. Check out the details. What's the BPM? So BPM, backfield and motion, 123 BPM. 123 BPM. That's kind of in the territory of today's modern like house music then. So, like, so that's their cool down. Wow. Then what's okay, what's um, out on the floor, which was number two on the... Okay, Northern give, Soul. Give me a second. Talk list. between yourselves, uh, kids. Well, uh, talk just between do yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's 146. 146. 146 BPM. So that was the standard. You'd presume tempo. then, with that being number two, that means that was the kind of tempo that everyone really wow. loved. 146. That's, so that's. No wonder your dad's had a hip what's replacement. What's that like in, in today's? <laughs> yeah. In, in today's thing i feel like i want to say drum and bass but maybe that's even faster hang on let's have a google uh okay 140 oh dubstep dubstep drum and bass oh drum and bass is 174 what about trance yeah trance trance so it's like i said at the beginning it's like the equivalent of underground the rave scene, scene. That's so funny. they're basically dancing to rave music just with a different arrangement yeah but you didn't know that, did you, Dad? Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Knowledge bomb. <laughs> well, according to Google, anyway. We yeah, don't that's know. It. That's <laughs> it. Well, B- BPMs don't lie. Yeah, yeah, true. But <laughs> so long as the people who are writing it down have got it right, we've not checked anything. But yeah, it's yeah. just well, uh, that feels, a little That feels switch. right. Cool. Um, wow, so that was a cool down. That was a cool down, yeah. Mad. That was preparing to go to bed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or preparing to go for another couple of hours, but just calling Oh, is that down. what it is? Oh my gosh. Uh, they were all nighters. Right, yeah. I think they went straight through to the morning. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, the thought of it just makes me tired now. What's anyway, next? What's next? Next up. So we've got um awesome track by Billy Preston called The Girls, the Girls Got It. I think this was actually quite a big Northern Soul hit, actually, this one. 1966. Um, and uh, so Billy Preston, actually, he was the guy that played with the Beatles. I don't know if you've seen the uh, Let It Be documentary and all of that. I have, but I can't remember. Remind me. Okay, so he became friends with the Beatles back in like the Hamburg days and they all crossed paths. And I think they, they thought he was really cool. Oh, it was this American and... I think they they asked him lots of questions about different oh, I think I remember. rock and roll artists I and think what I they were this, like yeah. and stuff. Um, um, and apparently, he was the only non-Beatle musician to be given a credit on a, a Beatles recording hmm. at the band's request. Whoa, that's, that's kind of cool, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's that's nice. That's uh, I'd feel I'd feel pleased with that. I think. Yeah, me too. So I wonder the, if they because they they were young though in Hamburg day, so they were probably. I wonder if they were like super enthusiastic, kind of eager. Maybe, but a then million questions. Let, and, let it be was like right at the end of the career. Yeah, true. It was like the last album, and he, he was playing keys on it. Oh, that's really nice. Um, and he does add. I mean, once they brought him in, it kind of started to gel stuff together. You can see that on the documentary as he comes in. Um. You've got such a good memory. I literally watched the same documentary and it, it doesn't stick the same. I'm going to have to go. Uh, have to <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you're getting blurred lined there with different time time points. Time pat- stamps. Yeah. Time pat- <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so I thought that was quite cool. He also performed and toured with the Rolling Stones, Eric Clapton, Legend. Ray Charles, wow. Little yeah. Richard, Sam Cooke, the Everly Brothers. Oh, I mean, what a career. Oh, what that's an amazing so cool. career. And then he, on top yes. of it, that's just with keyboards and stuff. Yeah. He, he's got this amazing voice. He's just keeping to himself. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, a sad factoid oh, um, no. with this one. Oh. Um, so the song's called The Girls Got It. Obviously about a girl, but he was actually gay and he didn't come out until just before he died. Oh. Um, he was apparently like very religious 
And so he had this constant conflict between you know his beliefs and what he felt. Um, oh, that's devastating. That's, and I wish you hadn't told me that. Oh, I no, didn't I'm know sorry, that. No, but it's oh. it's the story behind it all, and you know it's oh, good that, that he eventually did come out. Maybe some final piece. Um, so in Keith Richards' autobiography called Life, he said it was like a lifelong struggle yeah. for for Billy. Wow. Um, oh so, wow. Yeah, but I know. But I didn't didn't know whether to put that in or not. But you know, it's it's life and. It might be one of the things that... Uh, do you know what? It's nice, like though, that he actually did get to be himself, feel like he had the strength to yeah, be honest moments, yeah, yeah, about who he was. Yeah. Um, so, but this track yeah. isn't isn't sad. No. It's a great, upbeat, really fun track. And was a big success for him. And a big dance floor filler. Got yeah. Made loads of people happy dancing. Yeah. So I'm looking at your sad face, looking at me. I feel like I need <laughs> no, to try and okay, put a positive okay, spin right. on it. I'm all right. I'm okay. Um, no, that's no. It's such a, an awesome track. What an amazing musician. Uh, let's play this. The yeah. girls got it. The girls got it. Billy Preston. <laughs> good isn't it and yeah i love the grittiness of the track and and that that pedal and that that leads into the chorus really just builds the energy it's so cool and the power of the vocal and the soliness and the like oh uh, 
His voice oh. really does like cut through. It's like a bit of a. It's one of my favourite vocal face, performances, it? actually. Like it just, yeah, just <laughs> is, just, yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah <laughs> oh well, you listen just... to it, and you want to be able to sing like that. Oh god, that that one actually does really special. make me want to dance. That, yeah. that's got it. It's got the whatever BPM that one is. That's got. I me. didn't look into it. Oh, oh. fail. Um, oh, never mind. Anyway, we're on to the last track of the show. Oh. It feels like it's come around quick. It's it's interesting because these are all quite, like I've been saying, like quite rare tracks. Mm. It's It's been hard to find a lot of info about them. Um, some of them don't even have tracks anywhere on like Spotify or Apple or anything. Mm. Um, and it means also that there's not, you know, normally we like to do some little snippets of covers yeah. or samples that have been used, but they just don't. I couldn't find it. Well, this makes sense as well because I know your dad was trying to make himself a little Northern Soul playlist, and he got he was getting he couldn't even track down all he couldn't of the find ones. The, the tracks that they used to. Yeah, like, oh, they exist have. on like someone's random tape cassette somewhere yeah. in the world, you know, or yeah. a little forty-five that's just been put away somewhere, you know. The, yeah, the little it's gems special. are just out there in the world, but not easy to find unless you're really looking. Mm. Um, so yeah, instead of having little samples of covers or you know, whatever, we've just put an extra track in because yeah. they're, so, they're so cool. Um, so this last track is uh, I've Got My Eyes On You by Mary Clayton, released in 1963. Um, I think it might have been her debut single, but don't quote me on that. I, I couldn't know for sure because okay. this one, it seems like the rarest one we've featured yet. It, it seems extremely rare. I couldn't find it anywhere. It, it wasn't on Spotify or Apple or any of the digital platforms. Just can't find it. Um, yeah. Her name was often misspelled as Mary or Mary. Yeah. Um, but it's Mary. But it's Mary. Yes. She had another track, the B-side, The Doorbell Rings, which became like a Northern Soul hit um, with I've Got My Eyes On You, following behind. Um, and apparently today, if you find that 45 record, you're on to like a little treasure. It's quite sought after. Oh, okay. So we'll add that to the it's list. It's a real then rare of a, find. Our little yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never, I don't really check the 45s. I know, but Probably that should. is, that, that would be really cool. Yeah. And you'd make your dad stay. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't, I feel like it, would he play it? Or would he be maybe. too nervous to play it, maybe? Yeah, we'll what, you mean him. just put it in a yeah, frame exactly, and never exactly, touch it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like a little bit of treasure. But no, you, they, they, you have to play them. You can't. We're not. We're not record people who don't play records. We have to play records. Yeah, they're there to be played. <clears throat> yeah, it's like having a toy and not not oh, playing. Oh, keeping it. it in the packaging. Yeah, no, Ooh, that's no, not us. No, we can't do that. No. Open it straight away. Yeah, yeah. Um. So you might you might know. I know this. I was going to say Clayton. as soon as you mentioned Mary Clayton's name, um, because in another podcast that we do, uh, we we spoke about Mary Clayton before, uh, doing vocals for the Rolling Stones. And there's a really fun story, which I'll let you tell. Yeah, I thought we'd say that here as well. So, yeah, she sang on Gimme Shelter with yes. the Rolling Stones. Um, she's the one that's and kind of screaming, oh. rape, murder. It's just a shot away. Yeah. And it's so powerful because the song's kind of reflecting on the Vietnam War and her vocal just it's makes it. unreal, isn't it? That yeah. is just like... And then, and then when you told me about like the scene that she's singing it at, at the time. So she's singing Rape, Murder, just, It's Just a Shot Away in a curlers, in a dressing gown or something, in a like nighty. Yeah, so what the, was... the full story goes, she, so she was randomly called up in the middle of the night to record vocals. As it um, as happens, you know, middle of the session, you're like, what are we missing? Yeah, we need uh, some vocals. It's like 4 oh, I, know this, I know this <laughs> awesome singer, let's get her in. So she comes, she turns up in a curlers. Yeah. Um, 
she lays down a part in like two takes. Of course she does. And then yeah. she just goes home. Wow. So, and, and all the while, she's like quite heavily pregnant as well. Oh my gosh. Just but I just in, love that it. story. Blows Mick Jagger away, apparently. Yeah. Just, uh, I th- apparently, you, if you listen really hard, you can hear on the record after she sings, she sings her take, you can hear some something of him saying like, wow, or something. I love stuff I like think that. We tried to hear it. I think it's obviously deep in the in thing the mix. there. Might not even be true, but I believe I you probably would have been saying that because I believe it. The Easily. recording is epic and she is awesome. Maybe we never hear it because at the same time, everyone else who's listening to that track is going wow as well. Yeah, we're all just saying it at the same time. But yeah, um, so this is one of her, her rare records that she would have done early on. And yeah, just It's a great awesome. way to end. end uh, great way to end the show. Yeah. Yeah, you've been listening to the Wise Choice podcast. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Make sure you, you come back next time. We'll have more. more We've got some cool ones in store, haven't we? Yeah. (laughs) Thanks Uh, for listening. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this. This is Mary Clayton with "I've Got My Eyes on You." Yeah. Bye. Hey, baby. If you enjoyed our show, you might also like Composing Myself. It's another wise music podcast which features interviews with composers and writers getting into the nitty gritty about how they write and their process behind it all. You can find links to it in our podcast or just search for Composing Myself on your platform of choice.